time for episode two of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. All right, Stephen, how are you? All right, how are you? What's going on, man? I'm pretty psyched. Uh, I think we got a good response from the first podcast. Oh, definitely. You know, my mom, who is a tough critic, uh, said she thought it was cute and authentic. Uh, She didn't necessarily love the discussion of porn well, but um, otherwise I mean I th- she was very enthusiastic to be completely honest with you Jewish mothers everywhere are quelling over the Amen corner <laughs> even right by, your mom liked it too even my mom liked it I think she probably didn't hear the part where I talked about her her uh, affinity for Fox News <laughs> but she did tell me that she liked it Oh well, I'm 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 super I'm super happy about that. But yeah, we did. We got a we got a terrific response, um, and I'm very happy about it. And that's why I'm so happy that we're doing the second episode. Yes. So, um, listen, this is um, this is quite an interesting week for a couple of reasons. The first one is um, this is this is this is the week of of pussy. Pussy's had an incredible week. It, it's it's extraordinary. I mean, if 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 pussy is on the front page of the New York Times. It, it, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just mind-blowing. I think there, there hasn't been this much pussy since Pussy Riot was arrested. True. I think pussy is really having its moment. <laughs> it, it definitely is having its moment. The other thing... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No. I, I mean, what else? As you say, the other, the other... No, the other big thing of the week is that it was the Super Bowl of Jewish holidays this week. That's true. Yom, you know. Yom Kippur is the Super Bowl of Jewish holidays. And, and I have to say, though, that it is the Super Bowl of Jewish holidays, but I had a very hard time this year because I, I, I couldn't think of much that I needed to atone for. I mean, who have I been mean to? Probably no one. No one? There's not, not as, I haven't gossiped. I certainly haven't killed anyone. Not this year. I'm not jealous. I'm not green with envy. I mean, come on. So it, it led me to this whole thing about do I need to go to synagogue for all those hours if I if I don't no. really need to atone? No. Do I need to do I can I fast for like a half an hour? I don't fast. The whole day? I never fast. Yeah, why don't you fast? I don't fast because I have an arrangement with God that I don't have to fast. Here's the arrangement. <laughs> what is this? What? What is this telling me? Lay it on me. Here's the arrangement. Right. I pretend that God exists and God pretends that I fast. <laughs> and it works for both of us. So I don't fast. Um, and the day goes by a lot easier that way. Dude, I was in trouble from the get-go. I mean, seriously. we I, My butt barely hit the seat in the synagogue when Lauren looked over at me and said, Look, if you don't want to be here, just leave. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? I'm just sitting here. I wonder. I wonder how she got the idea that you didn't want to be there. Maybe the fact that I was complaining about it for three or four days beforehand, and I had Mia all riled up how she didn't want to go. Dead giveaway. Except Mia had nothing to complain about because the kids got a snack in the middle of the kids' activity or service or whatever they were kids doing. Al- kids always eat in shul on Yom Kippur, and they do it to torture us. Uh, it's unbelievable. Next time I'm going to the kids' program because I want. I'm going to want to have a snack. What did they serve? No bacon. <laughs> There was no bacon. I don't remember. I didn't ask. I was so hungry when she when she told me about it. But when we because got home, you were fasting. Well, when we got home, it was like one o'clock. I snuck a I snuck a banana. 
One o'clock in the afternoon. It was a it was a stupid thing to sneak though, because like, what do you do with a banana peel? Like, you can't shove it in your pocket. I should have grabbed the granola bar or something like that. It was na- it was. So you made it until one o'clock in the afternoon. Well, it depends on your definition of fasting. I mean, like, is one uh, to my mind, one handful of cereal while going out the door to synagogue. Is fasting. Oh, totally. You're totally right. fasting. Yeah. I mean, it's just one handful. Exactly. Usually. And it wasn't even like good. It wasn't even like you know, Cat and Crunch or you know, Fruit Loops or something like that. It was like Wheaties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is good, but like when you're fasting, it was like shredded wheat that your grandfather used to have uh, <laughs> to help him regulate himself. Dude, I'm I'm far away from that. I, it's it, I, can we, let's not let's just not go there. It's Yom Kippur. <laughs> so. <laughs> you're, you're gonna eat, but you can only eat stuff that's really not tasty. You cannot that's, you cannot I'm, celebrate food on Yom Kippur. I'm I'm for that. I'm for that revision in in, in Yom Kippur. You can eat, yeah. but nothing good. Right. All right. That's okay with me. So that's okay. so what would what would your the one thing that you would be allowed to eat? Let's say that we're gonna make a new rule, and for Yom Kippur you can eat one thing, but it can't be good. What would it be? Liver. You can have liver. Oh, God. I might want to fast. Yeah, you can have all the liver you can eat, but that's it. (laughs) Stop. And nothing else. Stop. That would be awesome. Hey, were you there for the sermon? Did you stay for the sermon? I'm surprised how many people, like, take off in the middle. Um, Well, you know, the taking off in the middle is the form of protest. That is the way the Jews take a knee during the national anthem is no no no. this was like prior to the sermon they did like whatever prayer and then it was going to be sermon time well because some people preemptively leave before the rabbi starts talking right right i love my rabbi and i like listening to his sermons because i generally agree with them (laughs) nothing nothing like expanding your mind or challenging it i i prefer my synagogue because it is an echo chamber Exactly. My, I like that. No, I am my rabbi's echo chamber, not vice versa. Right, right. He's, he's right. way smarter than I am. But there was one time, I've never walked out on a rabbi's sermon, but right. there was one time in my life that I was going to, and that was 1996. I was okay. I was at my parents' synagogue in suburban Clark, New Jersey. <laughs> Got it. And the rabbi, yeah. And the rabbi said, "This is remember. This is less than a year after Yitzchak Rabin's assassination." Uh oh. Uh oh. And the rabbi said that Rabin was responsible for creating the environment in which he was murdered. Oh my God! I would have walked out. And I was. That's I. I would have drawn the line there. That's outrageous. I was so fucking pissed. And I really would have left, but the only problem was I was half asleep. Because <laughs> you were so hungry. I was half asleep when he said it, and I'm not exactly sure that that's what he said, but uh, I'm pretty sure that that's what he said. Had I been sure, I would have walked out. But that's, uh, since I was only a, like 75% sure, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to walk out. That's a bad synagogue experience, but yeah, I'm not sure it compares to mine where I almost ripped the Torah at my in-law's synagogue. Yeah, you know, whatever that thing is where you hold the Torah up and they pick it up from the lectern and they show it to the... That's called called Hagba. Oh, okay. So, you know, and apparently it's a big honor, right? And um, Only the biggest machers get that honor. Right. 
so you know my mother-in-law is a big macha and they called it Rosh Hashanah and they called and they asked if, if Lauren and I would do this Hagba thing and my mother-in-law was like sure no problem you know they're totally and she was psyched and calling her friends Stephen and Lauren are doing Hagba like that was a big deal right and but no one told me like they said I had to pick up the Torah but nobody told me I had to pick it up while it was open and of course it's this time of year and so you know you're almost done with the Torah so it's very heavy on one side and very light on the other and I lifted it off and one thing led to another and it was very uneven and I guess my left shoulder isn't as strong as my right shoulder and I almost ripped it and the and the rabbi and the cantor had to grab the thing it would have been that would have been bad. That would have been if a shanda. Right? I, they probably would have flogged me or something like that. Who knows? Yes, that would that but, have been uh, good. But it, all's well that ended well. Yeah, it all went ended well. You know, I wasn't I wasn't thrown out or anything like that. So that was good. But, you didn't get a lot of people shaking your hand on the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. I slipped out. I slipped out. No one wanted to shake my hand. I was yeah. de- and I and interestingly enough, I've never been invited back to do Hagba. That is so, interesting. Why wouldn't they so, invite uh, you back? What? I'm sure that you're a fine guest. No, no, no. They, they, they invite me back to talk about the Middle East, but they don't invite me back on a Bima. Do people walk out when you talk about the Middle East? I did I did have a guy, like, get up, scream at me, and walk out once. It was Was it your crazy. father-in-law? It was crazy behavior. I know. I had to talk to my father-in-law about his behavior. Oh, no, yeah, it exactly. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was somebody else, but it was... I think that's pretty standard fare in, in American synagogues this day, but... What did he say to you? I don't remember. It was just, he got up, he was really pissed, and you know, it was like, right in the face, that's not true, or something like that. Maybe it was, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was that guy from South Carolina. You lie. I don't know. Well, really, what do you know about the Middle East? I mean, right, exactly. I don't know anything. Um, but wait, can we, can I, there was some, oh, I meant to tell you, totally, totally off the current topic. I'm driving home, and what did I hear? I heard Van Hagar. Which song? I, you know, look, I have to say, you know, it was um, it was 5150. It was that song, Dreams. And I have to say, at an objective level, Sammy Hagar has a better voice than David Lee Roth. But it's not Van Halen without David Lee Roth. It doesn't right? matter. What, it doesn't matter. Right. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. But I'm just, I was thinking about, like, Sammy Hagar can actually sing. David Lee Roth can sing a little bit. And also... Yeah. Van Halen sold a hell of a lot more records after David Lee Roth left the band. Really? That blows my mind. Yeah. That absolutely blows my mind. That means nothing. That doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything. And of course, you know, when they toured in 2014, I was, it, was, it was fantastic. I was like, I was 16 again and I was at Madison Square Garden. And it was so awesome, even though David Lee Roth could barely sing and didn't remember, didn't remember the words. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And, and Lauren came with me. She was a total sport. She was awesome. She poured herself into like really tight jeans and wore really, really high heels to like make the whole thing, you know, real for me. It was fantastic. I was very excited. You know, the most incongruous part of that concert, which I went to also. Yeah. Cool and the gang opening up. <laughs> right? Like, how did Cool, like in 1984 and 85, like when I saw them at the garden, there was no way Cool and the gang was opening. No. For, for Eddie and the boys. No. No. I, I was there. I went to see Van Halen in 1984 in the Brendan Byrne Arena, which was, oh, later, wow. which was later renamed the Izod Arena, which was later <laughs> demolished. 
in, <laughs> in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And for the life of me, I couldn't tell you who opened for them. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Could not tell you who. You didn't even make it to the garden. What's that? Wow. No, wow. come on. Yes. I lived in New Jersey. Dude, that, that, concert, that concert actually changed my life. Really? Well, I mean, I love Van Halen, but I'm a little deaf in my right ear as a result. Is that true? Yeah. No, a little bit. I thought you were going to say... I mean, I was so close to Eddie. It was amazing. I thought you were going to say you it's... lost your virginity at that No, it was worth it, though. It was totally worth losing whatever hearing I had. What? Right. Um, I interrupted our Super Bowl of Judaism conversation to talk about Van Halen, but I think we really need to talk about the other big event this week. I mean, the, other, is... the other big event being the locker room talk? Yeah, the locker room. This this is the salad days of pussy. Right. And it's, I mean, it, this is this is one just unbelievable thing after another. But, I, you know, I was telling you offline earlier today that, you know, look, all these guys are coming out, they're writing these things, they're making these statements saying, I've never heard anything like this in my locker room. And I think that that's, I think that that's true. Like, in the locker rooms I've been in, I've never heard anybody advocating sexual assault of anyone. But, you know, I was in the high school tennis team. I was also on the high school baseball team. I was on the high school soccer team. So I've been in a fair number of locker rooms. And let me tell you something. There was some nasty discussions. I mean, in addition to, oh, my ankle hurts. Oh, let's kill the other team. There was a lot of discussion of... Guys say bad shit when... Bad shit in locker rooms. And you know what? Women say similarly bad shit when they're by themselves too. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. One of my one of my colleagues, one of my female colleagues at work told me that today. But that... But here's the difference. Yeah. Lest any of our listeners think we're excusing the Donald's behavior... When I was in the locker room on the tennis team or the locker room on the baseball team or the locker room, the soccer team, I was this furile 15 and 16 year old that I was, the hormones were pouring out of me. I wasn't some 59 year old dude. That's absolutely outrageous. Even if you were nobody and is for whatever talk goes on and there is a lot of talk and there's a lot of smack talk and there's a lot of talk about women and I can do this and I want to do that. If you heard somebody make claims about sexually assaulting someone... Oh, my God. You might, in the moment, be like, uh, okay. And you, and you would think to yourself, okay, this guy's a... Why am I hanging out with this guy? This guy's a fucking creep, and right. I'm getting the hell away from him now. Right, right. And there's a, there's a huge difference between... and I, So, like I said, I'm willing to admit there's like some nasty locker room talk. But there's nasty locker room talk among 16-year-old boys. Even if that's inappropriate, it's sort of age appropriate for 16-year-old boys to do that because they are walking hormones. Some 59-year-old guy bragging about sexually assaulting women because he's a star? Fucking unreal. That is unreal. that is prison locker room talk. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the, all these family values folks are defending him. Because these family value folks, I think what this election has proven is that these family, quote-unquote, family values folks, they're all fucking hypocritical assholes. And the real, the bottom line is, they're racist. Uh, unbelievable. All racist. They had, what, what's that guy's name? He's the former congressman from, from Georgia on the other day saying that he's supporting Donald Trump because of family values. I mean, he said this with, with a straight face. What this family values? And I dare somebody. I would, like, one. That dude's a cracker. He's what we call around here a cracker ass cracker. <laughs> but I well, want I, these guys. I want one 
I want one Trump supporter to give me a defense of his policies without resorting to Hillary Clinton's worst. No, no, no. I don't, you know what? I don't, look, I don't even want that. That's expecting way, way, way too much. I want them, I want them. That's what I want. To tell me why, if they're family values voters, tell me how it is that they can square that with the circle of Donald Trump saying he can just grab pussy. Well, I mean, let's put it. Yes. It's it's an absolute outrage. He's a lech. He is a pervert, for lack of a better word. But again, if we're only talking about family values, right? Right. The guy's been married how many times? Three? Three. His five kids from three wives. Can you imagine if President Obama had five kids from three wives, what what these people would be saying? No. This is an outrage. He cheated on his first wife with his second. And they bragged about it in the New York Post. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I do like page six of the New York Post. Well, yeah. And it is a good sports section. But otherwise, I read the Post ironically. I read the Post ironically. (laughs) Is it still a quarter? No. It's like a dollar. It was a quarter five years ago. Yeah, inflation. Yeah. Times are tough. Whatever. The other thing is related to this family values nonsense is the alt-right, which is another absurdity. As you were saying before. No, we're never, ever going to use that term alt-right because that completely whitewashes what these people are. And and what's what's the key? What's the operative term there? Whitewash. Yeah. These are, are. Go ahead, do it, do it. I know what you want to say. You know what I want to say because I've said it before. We're not. I'm not calling them alt right. Let's call them by their true. But what we should truly call them, which is either neo clan, neo Nazis, or just you know fucking assholes, bigots of America United. Whatever you want to call them, <laughs> racists of America, cracker ass crackers, cracker ass crackers. The cracker ass cracker party, but they, to call them alt right does a complete disservice to what they are. And it makes them somehow respectable. Exactly, which they are not, and they should not be entitled to a respectable name. Let's call them neo clan. Right. Uh, they're not right. burning crosses yet. 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 Yeah. I'm sure that's somewhere. I mean, that speech yesterday. Yeah. This. That speech he gave in West Palm yesterday was. Just that was that was like Steve Bannon, the guy from Brightburn. Is that was like that was that guy unplugged. This was his anti-Semitism completely unleashed. Um, yeah. No, I'm telling you, he's not running a campaign. He's running an armed insurrection. Yeah. This thing is not going to end with the election. It's. Not- oh no 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 no! He's had a profound impact on it. I mean, it's that you know. This is the the, the the amen corner is to kid around and stuff, but this is not kidding around stuff. This is, I think, very extraordinarily dangerous stuff, and it's it's deeply and profoundly depressing. And I don't know. I think his kid, Donald Jr. douchebag, is going to end up being more dangerous than Donald one day. You know what's you know what's wild? I think about when I see Donald Trump. The only thing I can think about is the 1980s. I think of like bright lights, big city, and so on and so forth. And of course, this was the era in which we came of age. And, you know, when you're living through it, whatever, you know, you don't realize it. A few weeks ago, going back to episode one of The Amount Corner, I was flipping channels. And what was on? Fast Times at Ridgemont. Nice. An all-time classic movie. One of the best movies ever made. Ever. Incredible movie. But 
the misogyny, the objectifying of women that was just kind of a matter of course in movies of that era really comes through in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. As much of a classic as it is, like which part? as much of it, it speaks to a specific era, yeah. especially at a time when we were in high school, yeah. it really does reflect that kind of sensibility of, of women as objects and a kind of misogyny. It's really, it was pretty terrible. And that's what I think about when I see Donald Trump and I see all these people around him, like living for that era. Like that was their heyday in New York City. You know, the, 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 the guys with the, with the, with the bracelets and the lines of Coke and the thinking that they were all that and whatever. I just, uh, uh, actually, when you think about it, like a pretty gross period in American uh, in, in American popular culture and, and history. You just ruined Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, dude, I'm sorry. The stakes are so high right now. It's not. This, so this what? Is, we're no, what we're no longer in the realm of Sammy Hagar versus David Lee Roth. But right? what, what about Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Is misogynistic to you? No, I just you know the way in which you know. I'm just thinking about uh, just the 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 stuff around Phoebe Cates in the movie uh, and what's her name was it Jennifer Jason Lee Jennifer Jason Lee and the whole thing about like getting late I just there, there was an aspect of it that made me extremely uncomfortable watching it against now. the backdrop of what's been going on in this country yeah. that never made me feel that way before maybe that's my own maybe I was just blinded by it because oh my god this is a classic movie yeah I'll tell you I'll tell you I watched one of my favorite movies growing up and I'm sure it was yours too Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, oh my God! We I saw we mu- we must have been texting during this. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! When you watch that now, oh, there yes. is no way you can watch that movie and not think, "Oh my God, the nerd raped that woman, Betty right. Childs." Right. And how about the hold on? Ow. He put on the the Darth Vader mask right. and he pretended right. he was someone else. And we all thought that was funny. And we all thought it was funny. And. She, the woman... Fell in love with him. ...discovered that she was having sex with a complete stranger and didn't mind. Right, right. Or how about the portrayal of the of, of the homosexual African-American guy? Oh, my God. Oh Lamar Luttrell. Lamar Luttrell. With his limp-wristed throwing style, so they designed a javelin specifically right. for him. Right, I mean... Okay, but... All that being said, it does have one of the greatest movie lines in it. Why do they call you Booger? I don't know. That's a great line. That is a great line. There's another great great line where, uh, again, it involves Booger. Yeah. And Booger is looking at Stan Gable, the quarterback of every young woman's (laughs) fantasy. The Donald Trump Jr. of the era. Exactly. And played by uh, Ted McGinley. And Ted McGinley looks at him and he says, yeah, what are you looking at, nerd? And Booger looks back and says, I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Such a great line, even to this day. Oh, my God. I'm not going to use it. Someone will kick my ass. Um, what are you talking about? If I use that line? Depends on whom. Right. Well, if I, if I use it on you, you would laugh. But I use it on someone else. I think they probably kick my ass. Try it on one of your kids. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Yeah. It's bad enough that when it was like 105 degrees out in July, I, I turned on my phone and I made Maddie say it's hot as balls outside and then posted it on Facebook. Because having children is all about amusing me. Exactly. That's what they're here for. Right. Exactly.
Anyway. All right. All right. We have more tonight, or are we... Uh... I think we're good for now, because we want right. to save some of our material for later podcasts. Well, I want to I thank our listeners, uh, the listeners of the Amen Corner, which is sponsored by... No one. No one. No one. No one sponsors us. Sponsored by the, the porn industry of America. No, it's it's definitely not. My mother would have a big problem. Okay, with that. so because of that, we are going to make a pledge to okay. Iris Cook. To Iris Cook. That we will no longer discuss porn on the Amen. And, and we will not seek sponsorship from the from the from the porn industry. No, but if they are, you know, if there's money, you know, we're not going to say no, well, but we're not going to seek it out. Do you think Do you think if, if Lauren and Michelle had a company, do you think that they would sponsor the Amen Corner? Yes. I see. I have a hard time believing that. No, my wife will support me no matter what. I mean, I'm not, you know, my wife would too. And, and in fact, it's it's sort of a misnomer to say that, that, that my religion is Judaism, my religion is Laurenism. I think she might draw the line at this though. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. You should ask her if she's got cash. She I will. You know, the, the next time we do this at this hour, we may we may have to ask her for a guest appearance. There we go. I yeah. think we should see if one of them will sponsor the um, episode that we do from Popeyes. <laughs> I think Lauren would be totally down for that. You know, when she listened when she listened to the to episode one, she she mostly snorted, which was pretty amusing. Nice. I like that. <laughs> All right. This is the Amen Corner. Thanks for joining us. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks so much. All right.